With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are live at Dream City Church in Phoenix, Arizona with Blended Families Ministry with Drs. Larry and Carol Snap. I'm your host, Kenyatta Goins. It's going to be a wonderful day here at beautiful, sunny Arizona. And uh, we're just enjoying God's word today. And now we're going to begin in the word with Larry and Carol Snap. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Week three of Blended Families. This is one of my favorite ones out of the whole 12 lessons. This is one of my favorites. I probably have two or three favorites, but this is one of them. Celebrate your differences. Okay? Or the subtitle is Who's Normal is Normal. Okay? I like to start off with Psalm 139 14. And uh, it says, uh, part of it says, anyway, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So, as a Christian, it's imperative that we understand who we are. What is our identity in Christ? Because once we understand that, it makes all the difference, right? But if we understand first and foremost that God created us and we are fearfully and wonderfully made, then we need to realize that we are valuable. We are worth something, and we also understand through some other scriptures that we have a purpose, there's a reason we're here, and it's up to us to figure out through that vertical relationship what that purpose is. We're all called to do something, uh, and we can choose to be part of God's family, or we can choose not to. That's on us. Um, okay. So we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Every one of us is unique. Okay? Now this is kind of where things start, you know, we, we get into the flesh and we do things in our own uh, mind and our desires and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Plus it's also part of the spiritual warfare. Okay? We're all unique. No two are exactly alike. Even identical twins are not really identical. Different fingerprints. You know, there's always something just slightly different. I had a, some cousins that were identical twins. When they were real young, I, I couldn't tell them apart. You know, I didn't see them that often. But, you know, if they weren't dressed different, I'd never know who was who. So... But as they got older, I mean, it was pretty obvious which one was which, right? So, you know, we were never exactly the same. Uh, I had some two aunts that were twins, but they weren't identical. They were definitely easy to tell apart. But no two are exactly alike, okay? We need to know we are all created by God in his image. Again, we need to know who we are, what we are. And I'm different than you are. You're different than I am. Okay? But we're all created by God in his image. Okay? <clears throat> now we start getting into the normal and stuff like that. But our life history, and I think I commented on this last week a little bit, but our life history creates are normal. So everything you've been through, everything you've been taught, uh, everything you've experienced, 
the things that have happened, the, you know, all that kind of stuff, that creates your normal. This is what you understand. This is, all this stuff got me to where I am today. Uh, some of it's good, some of it's not, but it's all part of God's plan. You know, obviously, he, he doesn't want us to suffer necessarily, but he allows it to help us grow. And, you know, it's through the trials and tribulations that we grow spiritually, okay? But that history, everything that's happened to us in our life up to today is part of that normal, the, the way we view things. So, I like to, I didn't bring any fruit today, although we do have fruit salad back there. Yeah. Um, if I have a, an orange in this hand and an apple in this one, I'm like, which one is right? I get a lot of weird looks, obviously, but it's the wrong question. It's not which one is correct. They're both fruit. They're both created by God. They're both good. Right? They're just different. Okay. Jen said, "No, the orange is better." Well, again, who's normal's normal, right? Our normal is our our preferences. Some people prefer oranges. Some people <laughs> prefer apples. Some people prefer chocolate. Okay. Now we're talking. Chocolate's a fruit, right? It comes from a tree. Chocolate beans. Um, but anyway, it's you got to ask the right question. You know, most of the time we're asking the wrong questions. Uh, one of my least favorite questions is why. If something happens, you know, you do something, you say something, and then the other person says, well, why did you do that? Well, I mean, it's already done. Asking why isn't going to help any, you know. It's the wrong, it's really the wrong question in most instances. Now, if, if we're talking to God, you know, there's a lot of whys that we would like to know. But when it comes to, you know, our spouse or whoever we're in a relationship with and, you know, they, they leave their underwear on the floor and we're asking, well, why did you leave your underwear on the floor? Who cares? Right? It's not about why. It's, it, it is. What, what is the right question? What are you going to learn from this or what are you going to do about it? Just asking why is like... One of those, uh, what do you call it? What kind of question is that? Hypo not hypothetical. What is it? Rhetorical. Rhetorical, yes. It, it means nothing. It's, it's irrelevant, sort of. Yes. Correct answer. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's really not about right and wrong here. And that in a marriage, in a relationship, we have to realize life and death is more important than right and wrong. Right? You want your relationship to live, so sometimes you have to bypass the right and wrong of it to, to have the grace and mercy to speak life. Uh -oh. Also, the timing, the timing, timing when you important. ask something yes. is very important. Yes. Don't do it in the heat of a, of a big heated discussion. Yeah. Wait for the right timing. Timing is also very important. How it's going to be received. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about some communication stuff a little later, but yeah, that's very important. Timing is everything, right? It's sort of like real estate, location, location, location. <laughs> if you're in a relationship and you're trying to communicate, timing, timing. timing is kind of like location. It's very, very important to if you're going to ask a question, make sure you're right asking the correct question, but then you're not asking it at the wrong time, which puts gas on the fire instead of water, right? Okay, uh, we've kind of touched on this already, but different, okay, is not about right and wrong. When we are constantly looking at things through a lens of right versus wrong is kind of a pride issue. 
Because obviously I'm right. No. And you're wrong. No. <laughs> the lens. Right. Yeah. The Jesus those, glasses. You need those Jesus glasses on. But when it, when everything is about right versus wrong, it's <coughs> kind of a pride thing. Um, I made that mistake right off the bat. You know, it's interesting how this thing works. One person and a couple digs a little deeper in the word, maybe, or something. So they start sprinting into the word, and the other one's kind of jogging, you know, or just maybe a, a leisurely walk. <laughs> okay. So the one that gets ahead is like, which is what I did, was, you know. She would say things or do things, and I said, well, that scripture says you're not supposed to do that. Well, that went over really well. <laughs> it was like your master's degree, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, inside joke. Okay. Um, having been a computer programmer for 30-some years, never really did anything church-wise until the marriage fell apart. Um, went through a program. I got a sword, which was really cool. But then I realized there was college credit for it also. So I looked into getting my degrees, and I got the bachelor's real, real quick, and then I was into a master's program. So when I got my master's degree, I, I asked Carol, so now what are you going to call me? In your dreams. Right. That's exactly what she said. Like, don't even think about it. Right? So I had to get a doctor. Because she wasn't going to call me master. <laughs> um, anyway, it's not about right and wrong. If, if you continually speak to your spouse or your significant other about, you know, this is right, that's wrong, it's all you that's messed up. Okay? One of those examples is the, the chef and his wife and you know she was trying to cook in his kitchen and it was driving him nuts because you know she was cutting the carrots uh, you know but it was very slow and tedious and she was just being very very careful and it, he was like <clears throat> you know because he's like Shh. that's how he does it right well he's trying to teach her how to do it his, his way because <laughs> his way was right well come to find out she just struggled and struggled and struggled with how he was trying to teach her. And bottom line is, he was right-handed, she was left-handed. So she was never going to do it his way. And he, he was trying to teach her how to do it right-handed. So it was not her normal, right? It was his normal. And my normal is right and yours is wrong. So it's all about right and wrong. But it's a kind of a pride thing, you know. We're not ex exercising any grace and mer mercy here, <coughs> which leads me to this other one. When something is different, it's an opportunity to exercise grace and mercy. And when you do that, guess what? You get wisdom. When you take the time, time, right? to exercise grace and mercy, you learn things. Who'd have thought? <laughs> right? And if, if you're all about right and wrong, you're not taking any time and you're not going to learn anything. Okay? <clears throat> so, and when we have a covenant mentality in this marriage, in this future relationship that we're working on right now, perhaps, when we have a covenant mentality, that's when we're exercising that grace and mercy. It's giving the other person an opportunity to be who God created them to be. We're not trying to change them. We're just trying to be a better us, individually. So as each person becomes a better individual, they work better together. You know, it's our pyramid that you can't see here but as each person is getting closer to God they get closer together up here 
So it's all about giving each other some space to be who they are, learn what the gifts are, learn the good things, don't worry so much about the bad things, focus on the good, you know, love covers a multitude of sins, right, so we're all sinners, saved by grace, nobody's perfect, nobody's even close, so give the other person some space. It's not about you anyway. <laughs> all right. Now, we got all these differences here, and now we have to figure out, well, okay, I'm like this, and you're like that, and especially in a blended family, I mean, even in a first, you know, first marriage, which is a blending of two families in most cases, a second or third or fourth or however many it is, marriage, you've got all this stuff that you're bringing in and you have to figure out, you know, sort it out. And, okay, well, this is good, that's not so good. Well, let's keep that and throw that away. Um, you know, those kind of things. So it's, everybody has a normal, which they're all different, they're unique, just like us, but the goal, and, and this, this Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is all about goals, targets, things we should be shooting for. It's not like you have to do it this way or else. It's a goal, right? So as we become, as we start figuring out what our normal is, and we start learning what the other person's normal is, the whole point of that is understanding, okay, God has a normal. Christ has a normal. And our job is to become like him. That's our target for our new normal in Christ, okay? So I have a normal, you have a normal, Christ has a normal that, we, that he's shared with us what it should be, and that's our target. So everybody needs to be looking at that as their target, and don't worry about each other. Focus on that one. When you both hit the bullseye, it's awesome. But there are challenges along the way, obviously. Larry, I yes. While you Question? were talking, so something that I thought about when you were describing the, the, the differences in celebrating the normal. I was thinking about a garden, and if you're a gardener and love beautiful flowers, you have trees, you have different types of flowers, and all of that makes a beautiful garden. But right. considering that God created man in the garden, That's good. Um, you know, and all of that is to worship God That's and to awesome. celebrate God. And so that's what I was thinking about while you were talking about yeah. that, how we try to fit each other in when we've been created, like you said, after the image of God. He created us to glorify him, to worship him in that unique, beautiful way as a garden. Mm -hmm. And so when we try to change each other, make each other like each other instead of after the image of God, then, you know, what are we doing? Yeah. We're the, trying to do God's work. Yeah, the garden was not all one kind of flower. Exactly. You know, it's, and I'm going to get to that in just a second, but that's awesome. Excellent visual metaphor for his unique and infinite creativity, right? That was kind of the next thing. You're, okay. Oh, you're like a half a step ahead of me. But that, the, the idea of we're all different flowers in the same garden yeah. is awesome. Yeah, that's great. Well, well said. 
Okay, so we're all different. All right, well, Satan wants us to fear that which is different. Right? That's part of that spiritual warfare. If, you know, it's, and there's that thing, you know, birds of a feather flock together kind of thing, you know. People, animals of like kind do tend to stick together, which that's fine. But in a lot of cases, and we're seeing it today, especially people that are different don't trust each other. So, you know, and that's part of the problem. You know, you're different, so I don't like you. There's something, you know, again, it's a pride thing. You know, it's either I'm afraid of you, or you know, I'm better than you, or you know, whatever that is. There's something that we don't feel comfortable just talking with other people, right? But it's because Satan wants us to fear that which is different. <coughs> On the other hand, God wants us to see his infinite creativity. Like I said, no two are the same. Even the flowers, the blades of grass, they're all different, right? There, there's an infinite amount of creativity that we can see and that's part of what God talks about in the just his creation shouts of his existence all we have to do is look around and we can see the awesomeness of, of God there's a plan there's a purpose everything all works together you know in nature right um, okay so it's just to sum up all this other stuff there, everybody has a normal, everybody's different, but it's so God can show off. Satan wants us to be afraid of each other. Love gets rid of all that. But, yeah, question? Um, something that just kind of popped into my head was um, don't let the devil turn differences into divides. Mm -hmm. um, because on the one hand, I feel like we're so great at verbalizing, like, differences are great, and we teach our kids that, and now they're different, but don't make fun of them. Yet when we're adults, it's like we have this certain circle of differences that are easy for us to accept, but then there are other differences that cause conflict or that frustrate us, like with ex-spouses. Right, <laughs> um, Not specifically or anything, but um, that when God wants to use those relationships to bring peace to taking care of the kids or just being amicable and giving glory to him it's so especially easy with those relationships to allow Satan to come in and cause divides and those differences and mm -hmm. so if we're just mindful of that yeah it might make it easier right and Absolutely. as you're describing differences with subtraction sort of or you know those kind of things a difference, generally in math, is something minus something else. <laughs> this is difference, right? So, in a way, and, and Satan divides and subtracts, right? Yes. God adds and multiplies. So, if if you're not sure about who's doing what to whom here, do the math. Yeah. You know, uh, but. I like what you said. It, it reminded me that you know that he's the divider. Yeah. Right. Constantly trying to divide. Right. And that's where we're at today. You know. Uh, you know the government for a long time has been trying to get God out of it. You know. It's it's that freedom from religion, not just freedom of religion. So God has been pushed further and further to the sidelines. So Satan is having more and more of an impact, and so. Everybody that's different, you know, different parts of the country, you know, back in, you know, the north and the south, the east and the west, you know, the, there's always been that conflict there, you know. Even today, there's like, oh, you're, you're the Yankee, or you're the, the rebel, or, you know, whatever, you know. Everybody has a name, right, because they're different. So now they're, they're part of that. And that's one of the things I think that's been happening lately is, you know, the, the whole political correctness thing, you know, it's 
putting everybody in a in a pocket, you know, in a in a category of some sort. So if you're part of that category, it's so much easier for you to be offended. And that's what it's really all about. As you're separated, now you're the victim and you're more easily offended because of this or that. God wants to bring all that together. Right? When everybody's part of the body of Christ and they're loving one another, you don't have that. Right? Because you've given up your right to be offended. And that's what it's about. As a Christian, you let a lot of potential offenses just, you know, just don't pick them up. You know, you touch it, you break it. <laughs> you know, you, you own it. Right? Okay, so God is showing off in his creativity. No two are alike. Uh, and because we're different, sometimes it's hard to communicate. Right? It's, I mean, we're men, we're women, we're adults, we're children. There's a whole bunch of differences that, you know, when you're trying to communicate an idea to somebody the first thing you really need to do is try to figure out where they're at to try to get on their level so that you can adjust what it is you're trying to convey into something hopefully they'll understand you know you can't you know one of the the things I, I find humorous is uh, academics talking a lot of big words and all that, you know, try to show off how smart they are. Uh, somebody uh, told me what the definition of academic is. Of no particular value. <laughs> if something is academic, it's like, eh. It's meaningless. It, it, has, it, it, it gives no value to what's happening. So keep that in mind. Uh, but when we try to communicate with somebody, it's really more important to listen so that we can learn what is in that person's head, what's in their heart, uh, you know, especially to a husband and a wife when they try to communicate. It's really more about allowing, and we're all Christians here, right? So let the Holy Spirit communicate spirit to spirit. You know, not just the words. Sometimes the words get in the way. The yeah, sometimes the body words, language. Sometimes the words are very hurtful. But if we really listen, what the heart is really trying to tell us, which that's hard, um, because you guys want to jump in and uh, I want to fix it right yeah. away. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, think, you're yeah. thinking of how to fix it. You're not really hearing what we're truly trying to say. Right. Like when we were in the heated uh, times of our trying to repair our relationship. I just kept saying, I just want you to come in the kitchen. You hear me slamming the drawers and <laughs> rattling those pans. I just want you to come in there and give me a hug. Amen. That's where the knives are. And that's where, you know what I'm saying? that's where the knives are. I'm not going in there. But that's all I really wanted was just for you to hear me slamming things and I was upset. Oh, I heard it. I heard it. But it was scary. But you did start doing it. Well, yeah, after he'd sneak around the corner, but that's all it took was just to know he heard me. And now, when we have a big event, I you know I get a lot of help, and I praise God for all you helpers in here that help me. Um, and we have several that aren't here, but the majority of it I end up doing, and I'm not 21 anymore. So now when Larry sees that I've got, you know, like 15 boxes out and I know what's going in this box and the other, he comes in there, what can I do? How can I help you? Whereas before he'd stay in the other room and listen to me slam this drawer, <laughs> that drawer, and he's not opposed to coming and helping me. And even when we would do house cleaning together, he'd say, what can I do? Can I vacuum? Can I unload the dishwasher? What can I do? Because we work together as a couple. We work together. Yes. It's one of your love languages, acts of service, Carol. Do what? It's one of your love languages, acts of service. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Big acts of service. I think she speaks all five. <laughs> People do. Um, so, you know, communication. Listen and learn. Listen 
Again, listen, be quick to listen, slow to anger, slow to speak, right? We have two ears, one mouth. Okay, so listen twice as much. Um, respond in grace, don't react out of emotion. Take every thought captive as unto the Lord. Uh, we talked about that. Um, you want to do the Jesus glasses again? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Part of communicating is having your Jesus glasses on. Yes. Fancy. So that when you're observing and this perception of what you're getting is through the right filter. Yeah. Not the small pair. <laughs> if Not you don't have pair. that Jesus filter. Okay, it's just going to be flesh. You're not going to think about what's going on. You're just going to, you're going to be real quick to pick up an offense. I think I'll let Emerson wear these the next time. Emerson would look good in that juice closet. <laughs> He's got a pretty big pair on right now. <laughs> so you know, it's it's important in communicating that you're listening to hear. And not just listening to reply. Right? Most of us just listen, and when your lips stop moving, we're ready to say something. Mm -hmm. And we have no idea what you said. But we know what we're going to say. It's just so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was one of, another, one, another one of those lessons that I learned was to don't be so quick to try to fix something to make it go away. You know? And most of the time, it was just... I needed to hear the, the the emotions, the feelings, and validate them. If I reject her feelings, I'm rejecting her. Can you say that again? When I reject her feelings, I'm rejecting her. Right. The very first thing that needs to be done when you're communicating with somebody is to validate their feelings. Now that doesn't mean they're right or wrong. You know, you're just validating. I, I hear you. I feel you. You know, something along the line. Just it doesn't take a lot. You just you recognize it. Okay, that's how you feel. Um, I'm sorry you feel that way. Right. But it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. No. Say, what can I do to help? You know, but it's it's understanding how someone else feels. Okay, especially in a marriage. Because, you know, we all have feelings, and that's one of those issues that everybody seems to have is, you know, my spouse just doesn't get me. They don't understand me. They don't, they don't recognize my feelings. They just shut me down as soon as I try to share anything. Well, you have to listen to what somebody has to say so that you can understand. You listen and learn, right? Part of listening is hearing so that you can understand. You listen to understand, you don't listen to reply. Okay. Now, we talked a little bit about right and wrong, but now we're talking about a different kind of right here. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Uh, this is more of a legal term. You know, we have rights. You know, we have a bill of rights, okay? Which are, these things are matter of fact, okay? But as a Christian, there are many people that don't agree with us, and sometimes, you know, we all have those times, we're all weak in the flesh at some point, but most of the time we, we have the pride in us that wants to stand up for our right to be right. Okay, so this, this is something, you know, God gave us human rights. Okay, that, that's the kind of right we're talking about here. But 
if we think about Jesus on the cross, you know, he committed no offense. Well, I shouldn't say that. He did. He, he committed no sin. A lot of people were offended <laughs> by what he had been doing, right? But he was just telling the truth, and the truth can be very offensive to those who don't live in the dark, right? They don't understand. They just don't get it. But when we think about Jesus on the cross, and there's the one thief on one side and the other thief on the other side, and the one's like talking to the other thief across Jesus, right? And he's like, the one is condemning him. You know, if you're if you're really God, get yourself down, and you know those kind of things. And then the other one says, you know, hey, we deserve to be here. He doesn't, right? He knew that he got that. God revealed that to him somehow. You know, he he realized he was a sinner. He deserved to be there, but Christ had done nothing wrong. He did not deserve to be there. So, you know, and then the one said, you know, just remember me when you take your, take over your kingdom. And he said, you'll be with me in paradise today, right? The other one, the crows picked his eyes out. <laughs> so too bad for him, right? He ended up in hell. The other guy ended up in heaven with Christ. So we need to be able to not pick up the offenses that are constantly being thrown at us. Mm -hmm, yeah. You know, words, deeds, uh, lack of deeds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's always something. And we have to be, you know, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And part of the renewing of the mind is to get the mind of Christ. So we, we see things the way he saw them. We think about things the way he saw them or thought about them. We speak the way he would speak about things, right? That's the transformation process. It is a process. It's not like, boom, there, there you are. It's a whole lifetime to get there. And basically, we get there once we get to heaven, and then we're good. So it's, we're always a work in progress, so give people some space, like I said before. But when we think like Christ did on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If that's where your head's at, you don't pick up the offense. You just don't. Because you realize <coughs> they're the idiots. They just don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're lost. Even our brothers and sisters in Christ are still works in progress, right? Now, Satan totally wants the brethren to be offended at each other. You know, John Bevere had an awesome book, The Bait of Satan, and I just highly recommend that. If you haven't read it, read it. If you've read it, read it again. Uh, but it really described in, in a lot of detail the way Satan works. And if you know your enemy, you can defeat him pretty easily, right? But if you don't, you're dead meat. You're going to get the spear, right? You're not going to have your armor on. You're going to be a casualty, right? But we have to look at those, especially those that are lost, and even those that are saved, but they're not quite there yet. You know, they're still on their, on their journey, on their walk with God. They, and I'm not saying I get the whole picture, I get some of the picture, but not all of it. I'm still working on things. But you, if you don't have your filter, Jesus, then you're not going to get the whole picture here. So those that are lost just don't get it, so don't be so judgmental. They just don't get it, right? You know, those that don't get it, we need to pray for. It's you know, you, won't, you pray that they'll get it. They'll get some wisdom. They'll get the light. You know, the light will come on. Um, as Christians, we're supposed to be the salt and the light. We're supposed to preserve the kingdom things going on, and we're also to shine the light on things that are dark and evil. And Because darkness disappears when you put light on it. Right? Darkness doesn't eat up the light, the light destroys the darkness. So, kind of interesting how that works. 
right? You know, in the beginning it was dark. And God said, let there be light. Now we can see. Okay. But part of, uh, you know, understanding differences, celebrate them. Don't be afraid of them. Take the time over your covenant of marriage to learn them. To learn what the other person likes and doesn't like. And those, all, that, all those differences, you know, celebrate them. Hey, you like lemon pie, I like chocolate. Actually, I like both. <laughs> you like the lemon pie. Yeah. yeah, I like pie. But, uh, you know, you, again, it, it really gets down to that point where you know you're okay. You and God. This is good. I can put up with whatever you're doing. Because I'm, I'm getting filled up constantly this way. So I can give out. I don't really need anything from you. I'll, I'll take you the way you are. Just like God does. When it comes to coming to Christ, it's a come-as-you-are party. Right? You don't have to clean. You don't even have to take a shower. Right? Just come on in. Dirty jeans, muddy boots, you know, just been in the bayou fishing, you know, whatever it is. She just cleaned the house. She's going to be upset. Nah. It's all forgiven. See, that's the point. I was going to say, he takes the, he accepts the homeless person as well as the president. That's right. Oh, yeah. You know, what I say to my husband is that I forgive you for the things that you haven't even done to me. I'm glad you said that. That's very good. Because one of the things I like to talk about it when we're talking about this whole, like, Christ on the cross thing, I like to go with the, the parable of the uh, prodigal son, where the son took off with his inheritance, so it's like, Father, you're dead to me. Give me my stuff. I'm out of here. And he blows it, and he's in the pigsty fighting pigs over the food, and that's not a good place for a Jewish boy in a pigsty. Uh, so he finally gets to the end of the rope. He says, I, I can't do this. Uh, I'll crawl back to my father, and maybe maybe he'll make me one of his servants or something. At least it'll be better than where I'm at. So he goes back, and one of the things I got out of that whole parable was it's almost like the father, like every day he was going out looking, waiting for the son to come back, hoping he would come back. Well, one day he does. And who knows how long that was? Maybe a year, two years, six months, who knows? But once he saw that the son was actually coming down the road, he's like, hey, throw the cow on the barbie. We're having a party. Get the robe, get the ring. Right? He forgave him a long time ago. Right? Shortly after he took off. He, okay, I forgive you. We need to have this concept in our head of forgiving people ahead of time for the things we know they're going to do. If all we do is wait until somebody throws the rock, well, now we got to deal with it right then. Right? But if we deal, we just, we know that we know that people are going to do stupid stuff. And some of it we're going to be kind of upset about, you know, because it's going to get in my way of doing what I want to do. See, it's all about me, right? Whatever you did, it bothers me because it's about me. It's not about you. But... If I forgive people ahead of time, knowing they're going to do something stupid that's going to bother me, then it doesn't bother me. Because I, I, yeah, I knew, you you know, they don't get it, you know. It's called unconditional love. It is. That's right. You know, unconditional. love covers a multitude of sins, mm -hmm. right? It keeps no track of wrongs. It endures all things, Right? That's what love is. You put up with a lot <laughs> because you choose to. You understand what forgiveness is. You understand you are loved unconditionally. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. As soon as we stop thinking about me and we start thinking about him, it works. 
because we, we can tolerate a lot of stuff. Now, you know, part of the problem is tolerance has become a different word now. It's like, <clears throat> if, if you don't tolerate my sin, you hate me. Now it's personal, right? Because you don't tolerate what I'm doing, you hate me, right? And that's where everything's kind of going sideways. You know, yeah, what you're doing is not right. We have the word of truth. We can tell right from wrong in that instance, but still we got to love people, you know? And it's as we love them through what they're doing wrong to show them, we got to show them uh, what right looks like and love them through the mess, okay? Just like God loved us through our mess, right? It was it was ugly. Yeah. We weren't real lovable. No. <laughs> Either one of us. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. yeah. It was it was uh, definitely a it was it was a tribulation is what it yeah. was. Yeah. Not just a trial. Yeah, we did have the devil in our house, and um, I I like to, when we tell our testimony, the devil thought Larry was in the house himself, and then I got to close the door and face him. Mm -hmm. And the two of us beat him up. But um, we had a lot of conversations that neither he or I had were the ones saying it. And there was nobody else in the house. So where'd they come from? There were very hurtful words, mm -hmm. and I said, well, I didn't say it, and I said, I'm going to get a recorder next time so you know <laughs> you're the one that said it, but the devil was ruling, or trying to rule Larry, everything he said, everything he did, and I didn't know that even existed before. So you really, you got to fight the devil off, and you can do it. Believe me, you can do it. He's afraid of her. Yeah, we have a lot of couples that we counsel, and when they have a disagreement, they say, who's going to call Mama Carol? Oh, no, we're not going to call Mama Carol. We're going to call Larry, because Larry's going to quote me a scripture. I'd rather have Larry quote me the scripture than Mama Carol beat me up, because Mama Carol will tell me the truth. I, I don't... I, Larry said, they'll get it. They just read the scripture. Said, no, they don't always get it, Larry. <laughs> I have to tell them. I tell them and then love, but I tell them. So, anyway, yeah, that's that's our... Funny you say that because that's, that's, that's exactly how we hear and listen, the two of us, you know? He likes to hear the scripture. Uh -huh. I like to hear... Well, I hit him right between the eyes. I tell you the truth, where where what's going on? And I'm sorry, but I mean, you don't always get it out of the scripture right away. I mean, it sinks in later on. But no, I hey, we got to do it right to the punch. And we've had pastors call us. I know one time this is a great pastor. We just love him and his wife so much. Um, he did something really stupid, really stupid. And she says, I'm going to call Mama Carol. And he says, go ahead. Go ahead. And he just knew I was going to be on his side. So when she told me what was wrong, I said, get him on that phone. So he gets the phone, and again, he's thinking, you know, she's going to side with me. And I said, you run out right now and get two bunches of flowers. Not just one, two. Mama Carol, ouch, that hurt my wallet. I said, you were wrong. You were really wrong. What he did was really bad. He and his wife went somewhere to do um, a speaking engagement. And his mother-in-law was watching the kids. And he told her that he would only be gone two hours. He left them off at 9 o'clock in the morning. Guess what time he picked them up? 8 o'clock at night. Midnight. Never called the mother-in-law to say they were late, they were going to go to dinner or lunch or whatever. Nothing. And his wife was, well, can I call my mom? And he said, no, you don't need to call her. I said, you. And he, he laughs about that. Whenever we get together and go out to dinner, he says, 
Mama Carol, you know, you, you really hurt my wallet that day. That's why you, you deserved it. I should have told you again, four bunches of flowers. <laughs> Give them each two bunches of flowers. But yeah, I'll tell you exactly what's going on. I'm sorry, but that's what I feel I need to do. And yeah, Larry will get you to quote scripture. And uh, you'll eventually get it. You might get it right away, but that's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help you find out what really is going on and how you're missing it, how you're not making your relationship the way it should be. And above all else, you guys are supposed to be full-time imitators of Christ, and you wives are supposed to respect your husbands, but if he's not imitating Christ, you don't feel like you need to respect him. But, you know, just because someone's not doing it right doesn't mean you don't have to do your part. Amen to that. And, and the overall picture, like Larry said, is we're all here for God anyway. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to do and to reach as many people as we can and teach them. Um, right now, it's teaching our blended families so you all can learn how to get this marriage right or this relationship right if you're dating. And if you're single, to get yourself right so you will be lovable when you find that right one, when God brings you that right one. Now, if God brought Larry to me after my second divorce, right after my second divorce, there is no way Larry would have even looked at me three minutes. I was mad at the world. As I've told many of you, my uh, second husband... Uh, violated all three of my kids. I didn't even want to look at another man, let alone God tell me there was another one out there for me. I thought, boy, you're going to have to bring him to me. I'm not going out there looking. And he did bring him to me, but nine months later. But we're to be the best we can be for ourselves. And everybody around you is going to see the change in you. And I know some of you are struggling in here not having the best relationships with your kids. We're struggling right now with one of ours. That's their problem. All you can do is pray for them and be the best example you can be for them. They can see the change in you. And God will bring them back around when it's his timing to bring them back around. But he will. And you got to know that. you got to trust in your heart. That's what's going to happen. You just have to know it. Um, now we're about out of time here, so I just want to put one more thing up here. Just uh, I think Carol really kind of spoke to it. When it comes to the gospel, show it before you share it. Mm. That's good. All right? Just one of those sound bites. <laughs> it's walk the walk, not just talk the yeah. talk. Walk the walk, don't just talk. It, it's not about do what I say, not what I do. Sure. Go ahead, Ken. I, I, uh, I hate to interrupt the class, but she hit on something very good. Do you need this? Um, I'm sorry. Um, you don't know me, but I'm Kenyatta Goins. We host a uh, ChristianLivingRadio.com. And when she's talking, they're talking about God restoring that restoration. Um, my previous wife, I, I don't call her ex, I call her my previous because X is a negative connotation, so I don't like to use that. Whatever works. Um, she was angry, like like you are. And I never understood why, because I never cheated, never hit her. I did what I could do. 26 years of marriage, and that was, that was destroyed. Come home to an empty house, empty bank accounts, all kinds of little things, right? But God has a way, and it's his way, yeah. of restoring everything. Okay? This has been six years ago. And I have, I have four beautiful children and two adopted children um, out of this. 
this marriage, um, they're all older than the, the young one you have, I have with me here. He's the baby of the bunch. <laughs> but uh, 30, 35, 34, 27, and the list goes down. <laughs> but they all stopped talking to me. And she moved to Michigan. And I, I got custody. Um, but I never stopped loving and praying for her, for those children of mine. And I'm here to tell you today, because they, they hit a key, and you need to let this soak into you as Christian husbands and wives or single people. You need to let this soak deep down into your spirit and trust God and know that he is able to do anything Above and beyond what we can imagine, because my ex, my previous, I'm sorry, I did it, called me. No, I'm sorry. I, the Lord spoke to me. Who was that? Raise your hand that said that the Lord spoke to you today or the other day. You heard the voice for the first time, and it scared you, right? Well, that happens, okay? Wow. However, here's what happened. Because it happened to me before we went to the new church we're going to. It happens a lot now. <laughs> He just communicates. <laughs> we, uh, I was at my house one day, and the spirit came upon me so heavy, and he, and he spoke to me in an audible tone. It says, I want you to call her right now and pray for her. I'm like, man, i got to test this spirit. What is this? This ain't right. Me? <laughs> no, I, no, uh-uh. Spoke to me again. Okay, that's you, Lord. I'm going to be obedient. Because I trust him with all of my heart, soul, and body. I told my child, every day we pray for his mother. Every day we pray for the kids. Together. I never stopped. Every day. Six years. I never stopped. First, the daughters came back. Okay? Then I made this phone call and I prayed for her. I said, I don't know why, but the Spirit of the Lord told me I got to pray for you. Because the phone call, when I called, what? <laughs> I got to call for all that. <laughs> I'm calling to share with you something that God told me to do. I'm being obedient. So let's drop all that right now. That's not what this call is about. God wants me to pray for you. And I started praying. And I started praying. I started crying. And I let her know. I said, I, I forgave you long ago. I don't hate you. I love you because you gave me beautiful kids. You gave me a beautiful family. And I'll never stop loving her for that because you can't. Just because you got disagreements or you can't get along, that doesn't change that love that God put there. We have to have unconditional love. We have to have that. She broke down crying also. And forgiveness entered into her heart and her dwelling at that time and told me, I don't know how you know. <laughs> God is good. Amen. Amen. All the time. But I was just fired from my job and I don't know what to do. She's in Michigan. I'm here in Arizona. I don't know what to do. I said, You know what to do. Let's pray. Because God is able. And then God spoke a word to me and told her, says, I want you to go to this dealership. Now, I trained her how to estimate cars. I'm a car guy. I've been in the car business for years. I taught her everything she knows. I said, you, you're better than most men. There's no men up there in the industry. So she gets challenged. I said, but I want you to go to this dealership. I don't even know where it is, but I need you to go there today, right now, and go, because that's what God is telling me. So you know she landed a job. She's one of the head people there now. She's doing great. <laughs> okay. My oldest son, he came back. And if they're all trying to apologize. I, said, I, don't want, I don't care what happened in the past. I just want you to know I love you. So we, the point is, and she called while I was in, I had, my neck was broken. My neck collapsed. They know. They prayed for me too. Prayed with me. And uh, my, my previous wife calls. 
I love you. You're going to make it. God is with you. Now, it went from what? <laughs> to I love you? <laughs> Talking to my new wife? You know, we all get along. Our child is doing much better. Because what? We operated in love. And it does cover up a multitude of faults. This class is wonderful. I came here today to do a broadcast, but I didn't come to speak. But, but God put it on me today, okay? To bless somebody. Let's operate in love. Let's get rid of that bitterness, that hatred. Because once you step into that other realm, that spiritual realm, that God kind of, that agape love, once you step into that, and you walk by faith and not by sight, not by your feelings. And you allow him to operate and him to, to open new doors and close the old ones. It work a miracle. You bet. I'm done. You I'm bet. sorry. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Are you a pastor, Ken? Yes. You are? Yes, yeah. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like he was saying, we're doing the living, uh, well, the radio Christian show again, radio. Christian Living Radio um, with them. Um, we started, I guess, the first of the month. And uh, he started his business, so if you know anybody that wants to do any um, spots here and there um, to broadcasting to help their business, see, do you have any business cards, Ken? Probably ought to get some cards. No. Well, write his address down. His uh, his fly is over there on the end. Um, but they've become really good friends of ours. And his wife would be here today, but um, the dog had surgery yesterday, and so she's home with the dog. So not quite the same as my dog ate the homework. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> but he's. They have agreed to come once a month to um, to do everything for us. And in the meantime, Larry does it, or we've had Johanna doing the positioning of the camera and everything and she's been doing a great job so we appreciate it but anyhow um are there any comments or um questions or anything about today because we're running out of time yes yeah i'm going back home yay she's been out of the home and they're working Putting the relationship back together the way it belongs, so that she means she's physically moving back in the home. Awesome! Awesome! Praise God! Praise God! Okay, we're gonna do a closing prayer. Can I pick somebody? Sure. I'm gonna pick somebody to do a closing prayer. And the son. All right. <laughs> I know you speak loud. Microphone. You're speaking loud. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's all stand. We can even join hands. You can do that. Sure. Can you get Vicky over there? Go in front. Go in front. My arm's not that one. It doesn't come up. That's all right. There we go. I'll make it happen. All right. All right. Lord, we thank you for this day that you created. We give you all the praise and give you all the glory. We thank you for this lesson that was taught upon today. We pray that every scripture, every testimony, and everything that was mentioned in this class today penetrates our hearts all the way down into our spirits that we are able to live by what we learn in these classes today. We pray for all of our marriages right now in the name of Jesus. We pray that we all do what Jesus would do in every situation towards our children, towards our wives, towards our husbands, in Jesus' name. Right now, we rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name, and we command him to go in Jesus' name. We have no right to be here. We have no right to try to uh, hinder any marriage in this classroom and we pray that we're able to help build other people's marriages through them seeing the love in our marriages in jesus name we pray amen amen, amen. awesome Make sure all you women get a rose back here. And then, uh, can you do the next one? Awesome.
Well, that was Blended Families Ministry here at Dream City Church, right in room 608, the lower level. If you ever get an opportunity on a Sunday, you should not miss this class. Uh, It starts at 9 a.m. each and every Sunday, and it will be a blessing to you, your marriage, your entire family. This is Christian Living Radio. I'm your host, Kenyatta Goins. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to Blended Families Ministry. And we look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.